Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Today we are talking about creating recurring revenue for your business. And I said that because this is part two. I wanted to let you know right off the bat, this is part two. Tim did a great job explaining a lot of things in part one. I think you could probably listen to either one in any order, right, Tim? Yeah, I think so. I mean, the part one was really talking about maybe why you would want to do it. And then today we're assuming, okay, I want to do it. And this is the kind of the how. How do we do it? All right, let's get to the how. So just to kind of refresh a little the, for the reasons why, just real quickly, predictability. You know, people adopt subscription billing models or recurring revenue. So revenue can be pretty more predictable. And as a result, they can their staffing, their expenses can also be more predictable. Mm-hmm. And then a number of them also do it to kind of eliminate the seasonality. So, you know, my accountant charges a retainer, and that allows me to access her expertise whenever when we need it, but it also kind of uh, eliminates the seasonality of her revenue, and I'm sure it helps her with more budgeting and things like that. And then both of those two things lead to hopefully improved valuations. So recurring revenue in general, in general will boost the value of your business. So if you can demonstrate that you have recurring revenue, the buyers are going to probably pay you a little higher price when you leave. And then just from an operations standpoint, we had talked a little bit about what we call the Trojan horse effect, where customers are likely to buy more things, you know, if they're paying you a fee. And that's also why they call it the sale that keeps on giving, you know. So with the subscription model, companies definitely realize or, or see that they end up selling more things as mm-hmm. a result of that. And then finally, the good ones, the companies that really set up the recurring revenue or adoption, adopt the subscription model, they're going to be the ones who also like look at the data. What are people buying? What kind of services are we providing the most? And as a result, kind of focus their service, their cost, their value promise, so that they're really delivering a value so that the clients will continue to subscribe. So, you know, net, we've talked about Netflix and Prime and other things like that. So that's really why. And so let's assume that you've made the decision to do it. And today we, I thought we'd talk about, you know, how to, how to go, some steps you can take to basically start that recurring revenue model. All right. Sounds good. So the number one thing I would do, I would, I would do is uh, call baby steps. So I use my son as, as an example. He's an animator, and I don't really pretend to know exactly what he does, but he creates animations. And one of the things I've talked to him a lot about is, you know, it's, as a, rather than continually working with for customers and creating these animations and projects and, and you know, and having to manage all that, to try and take baby steps in his business and on a parallel path, try to introduce a subscription model to his really core niche. So it gets to number one, which is we call it niche down or identifying your niche. So when I look at our client base, you know, we, our clients want, need, and value comprehensive uh, wealth management services. Some people like to do it themselves. Some people like to have multiple advisors do different things. Our clients really, what they, they come to us because they want us to be kind of a quarterback 
and they want us to be partners with them to really provide that ongoing proactive service. So they value it, they want it, and they need it. So that's our niche. You know, I mentioned in the last podcast, my HVAC company, my heating and air company, you know, they specifically went to their existing clients who had re, had, had worked with them, had continually coming back to them, and they identified, you know, that I was one of their niche clients, and they said, hey, Tim, you know, would you like to get preferred access to our key, key people? And honestly, they're amazing. You know, when something happens, I they come out, um, I talk to them, they're super knowledgeable, they're very well trained, and that's hard to find, and it's hard to get. So I absolutely... It was kind of a recurring or niche for them. And, and I'll just give you one other example before I get into, you know, some of the more details. But, um, Eric, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Mosquito Squad. Are they in the... I think there is a company that's very similar. Yeah, so we live in a very wooded area, my wife and I, Nancy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also a lot of rain. It's near Lake Michigan. So a lot of mosquitoes, a lot of deer, which is also brings a lot of mosquitoes. So the Mosquito Squad is a company that they basically, they serve people like me and they reached out to our neighborhood and they reached out to neighborhoods like ours and said, you know, if you pay us a monthly subscription, we will come X, X amount of time per month and we will also focus on, on ticks. So in our area, you know, one of my concerns is my kids, my grandkids are out in, you know, in the woodsy area in the back and they get ticks and, and deer ticks and Lyme disease and that's all they had to say was they can also prevent ticks. And I'm like, sold, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm your, I'm your niche client. So the point is you really need to identify who, who you read, add the most value to and really create a niche and focus your subscription service initially on that niche. Yeah, no, that that's fantastic because, and I could be wrong, but the area you live in, I'm assuming number one, it gets incredibly cold. We know that because you and I've talked yeah. about it before. But in the summer, I'm assuming it, it maybe maybe because you're closer to Lake Michigan, maybe you're getting a little bit more breeze. But when it's hot, it's just hot, right? Is yeah. that okay? So it's not like you can open your windows and get a nice breeze that's going to cool your house down. It's hot out there too. <laughs> it's just so having an HVAC company that is that ha- you have a subscription to that they can make sure you're up and running. It is it's miserable without those luxuries that we a lot of times take for granted because it's just going to turn on. So I, I love the idea of subscription for them. Yeah, and you know, so just like in um, the Mosquito Squad and, and niching down, I, I read an article recently about the founder of a company called Super, and um, I think it gets back to like in I remember watching movies where they would call their building superintendent the Super. Mm-hmm. But um, th- there's a guy who was in San Francisco. He had been a renter forever, and he bought a house, and he just couldn't believe how much <laughs> hassle was owning a house. Right, mm-hmm. and Eric, I've talked to you a lot about. You know, all the work you've done, and you're, fortunately, you're very handy. The, this guy apparently was not. And so we realized that everything from just, you know, your ice maker goes out, the fridge isn't working, or just, you know, you need someone to clean your blinds. So he created a company, and he built an app, and he basically grew a $20 million business by specifically targeting homeowners who did not want to do the work, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so... They weren't do-it-yourselfers. They weren't going to Lowe's or Home Depot on the weekends. They truly just wanted to own the house. They didn't want to rent, but at the same time, they didn't want the hassle and surprises that come with home ownership. So his app was specifically focused on them. If you were a do-it-yourselfer, he's like, good for you. Um, you're, you're not my client. So 
this is, I, th I just thought it was a great example in reading about that company in, in this, you know, first thing to do is base what we call a niche down. Yep, my my wife did. created that. My wife created that exact <laughs> really? thing, except for it's just the app is mainly just her phone and all of our friends who don't like to do the work themselves call her to have me go over. So there's that. Yeah. No, and I'll, I'll just give <laughs> you one other paid. quick That's fine. Yeah, I'll give you one other quick example that so Nancy, my wife Nancy, she a couple of years ago for I think it was Christmas, maybe one of the holidays, she bought me a brand new uh, Peloton bike. Mm -hmm. And I rode it once and then she just finished her six hundredth ride. So she loves the gift she gave me. <laughs> and then last year she gave me a Peloton treadmill. And I think I, I'm getting the hint. I'm, I know what she's trying to tell me. But so now she also loves that treadmill really a lot. But so it got me thinking about Peloton. And really Peloton is a fitness company that is just geared to people who want to do it at home. They, they don't want to go to the gym. And you know what? Like I subscribe and I, I attend our local YMCA here in Valparaiso. And when you talk to someone there, they're like, why would anyone have a Peloton? It's a different niche. You're not going after the people who go to the Y. You're not going mm -hmm. after people who go to Anytime Fitness. You're saying these are people who either like to do it at their office, like to do it at their house. That's the niche. That's who they went after. So, again, just in there, that group of people are more than happy to pay a subscription fee. And it's global. So, it's you know, the very scalable business. They can get clients all around the world. So, it's an amazing business idea that really, again, came to came from niching down. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So let's assume you you've want to do this, and let's assume you've identified your niche, and that's that's a big assumption because we work with a lot of business owners, and a lot of times, especially when you're starting out your business, you're in the break it and fix it kind of business mode where somebody was broke it, you're going to fix it, and um, you'll really take on everything any kind of business that comes in the door and you'll try to do it yourself before you start expanding and growing a team. But once you get to a point where you, you're, you're ready to niche down and you're ready to maybe step back and hopefully take more time and, and plan for your exit, the, there's kind of three ways you can flip a, what we call a, re, a repeat customer into subscribers. Number one, you basically go through your database and you say, all right, who are the customers who every once in a while will call me because they have a need. Well, that was me with my HVAC. It would be really every other spring because the air conditioner wasn't cooling the house or, you know, I, I was not good about getting everything cleaned and that was usually the problem. So I ended up probably paying more. But you, you first look at those people like I was, which are the people who tend to call, they like your service, they're loyal to you, but they just sporadically reach out to you. Hmm. And then the second one is really you go to the ones who they're just more predictable. So they buy in more of a cadence and like they're more responsible than I was, right? So they're going to call the HVAC company consistently at the be, you know, in the fall and the spring or before the spring hits to, cause they're more prepared and before the fall hits to make sure that they're first on the list. And those are the people you would also get. So those are, there are two groups of people, but both of those are, are great examples of um, who you'd want to get to, to start your, your subscription model. Um, and then the third one is really, I, you know, and this was partially me too. I was looking for access, you know, and I'll give you another, the example I talked about my CPA. I, you know, rather than calling my CPA when I needed something and I asking her questions and, you know, then she's got to figure out how to bill for it. You know, now I'm on a retainer where I pay a monthly fee and I have access to expertise and I can't 
tell you how valuable that is. So if they know they're going to get a bill, yet mm-hmm. if they pay the retainer fee, you know they they know that they're going to get it, and they're going to more often call and they're more often tap into it. And as a result, they're going to feel like they're getting more value from you. So that third category is maybe look in your database for people who periodically call, you know, and they're looking, you know, they need your expertise, but maybe they, they don't call as much, but they might be willing to pay some nominal or reasonable value, you know, fee for it. Got it. All right. So those are kind of, like I said, you know, three things you can do to flip your repeat customers. And there was an example that I read about too that I personally use. Uh, I'm a subscriber and that's um, um, Hewlett Packard, their ink. So, uh, you know, Eric, I don't know, do you have an HP printer? I don't, I have a a different brand we won't mention. Ha, okay, so you're (laughs) one of those. No, just kidding. I'm one of those. So I remember when I, the last printer that I bought and I imagine a lot of people bought printers or a lot of people went down to Staples or some other company to buy their equipment when COVID hit mm-hmm. as they're equipping their homes for everything. And one of the things that I did was I signed up for uh, subscriptions. So what, what Hewlett Packard find, found, and I remember doing this years and years ago, was when I bought a printer, I would use HP uh, ink and then all of a sudden you started getting a lot of advertisements from uh, competitors that were maybe less expensive or recycling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cartridges that was taking away uh, some of the business, according to Hewlett HP. When I read about it, and so what they did was they they launched their own program, where they said, you know, you you can subscribe and, and in the mail, and I get something in the mail usually every month. There's a I get two printer cartridges in the month, and it and they usually time it, and, I, and apparently I guess what they do too is. There's a system inside of your printer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this until I read the article. That kind of sends a little note to HP and says, "Hey, um, the printer ink is running out. You know, time for Tim to get a new cartridge." So, it also starts uh, hitting me with, you know, because they have my email, they have my contact information. They might start sending me new offers, things like that. Tim, I like I said, I I use an EcoTank. So uh, just okay. a, it's it, I won't say the name brand of that, but. It actually, instead of cartridges, it, it uses bottles. And so I just actually mm. refill the, the reservoir, and it, it works fantastic. Uh, but what I found interesting is that I know that I'm low on black. When I set the, you know, had the computer take a look at the printer, so on and so forth, all of a sudden um, Amazon suggested to me through one of my Echo devices, hey, by the way, <laughs> we yeah. noticed you're low on black ink. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> this is... This is getting a little bit too real for me, you know. But yeah, I, the thing is, is that it can be here the next day if I just click that button. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I have, it's like, oh, is Alexa listening to you or something? Somehow they just well, yeah, know no, it's you just need it, it's but... hooked up through the computer system. As a shopper, I've got that on there, and so it just it'll make suggestions to me, and I don't know how yeah. to turn that off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a way. Yeah, yeah. My getting back to my son Kevin, he was my tech guy, and. Once he left the house, I don't have a tech guy anymore. So, you could subscribe to one. I'm sure there's got to <laughs> exactly. be a subscription service out there. Yeah, but what um, the article talked about too was that one of the side benefits that HP found was it just created a lot of brand loyalty. You know, so the people talk about what's your your score for your your, your loyalty scores. Mm-hmm. I forget the word for it, but they they really they found that there was so much more loyalty and and so much more positive response to their brand because they were just continually delivering value in a very convenient way. And again, getting back to, you're not doing this for everybody. You're doing this for a niche. Some people 
don't want it delivered. Some people prefer to go get it. Some people would rather shop for it. But there's a whole core group of people that HP found that just wanted it simple and just wanted it delivered to their house. Mm -hmm. So I would use them as kind of, or this example of how they did it in your own business also. You know, so like one of the things they did was they said, we're going to have multiple plans based on volume. And I think their, their lowest one was, you know, 99 cents a month. So that can't be too too bad, right? And then their highest one was like $25 a month where it's all based on how many pages and how often you, you use it. But by offering, you know, different plans, they were able to kind of, like you said earlier about Amazon, you know, get you in for this and then, or the car wash example you talked about in the first podcast, their first part one of it is, you know, get you in with $10 a month for 60, 90 days and then see what, you know, that goes up after that. But um, you, you just offer multiple plans that, that are customized to people so that they feel like they can choose one that fits them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would recommend that people do if they're considering this. And the other thing that they do, and my my accountant does this too, is Hewlett Packard did what they call allowed for carryover. In other words, sometimes um, you don't order enough or sometimes you order too much. And, you know, they can kind of tell. Like, So I or I subscribe to and I, re I get uh, meat, beef shipped to my house and I get it from a uh, local farm in Indiana that has grass-fed beef and they deliver like a, a recurring package every other month but I can log on anytime and I can say hey you know we were traveling or we just weren't eating that much meat right mm -hmm. so and it, so it gives it very easily I can go in and adjust and and shift the delivery date and and, and you know so it just you want to offer your clients flexibility because they'll also perceive more value from that Agreed 100%. And that's I, I've seen that with other services. And I think that the services that don't offer it, um, they're, they're really missing an opportunity there. Because if you feel like you're obligated or not obligated, but you're trapped, right, I, I think is, is the word I would use. If you feel like you're trapped in the subscription, you're more likely to cancel that just to get out of it. And just you're, you're not going to have a good view of the company. But when you can, and I, I've seen this before on a couple subscriptions, I've got um, a skip button. It's, it's that simple, right? Skip yeah. this month. And that's because I have extra or whatever. And then, okay, they skip the, the shipment. I don't make the payment. And then it resumes, you know, one month later. It's brilliant. It's very good for the consumer, right? We feel better about that and we don't feel trapped. Um, but I think a lot of companies are a little scared that, you know, somebody skips it and then they realize they don't need it. And so they're going to cancel. So I don't know what the deal is there. No, I agree. And like I get my sister-in-law had recommended about a year ago that she uses or subscribes to overnight oats. You know, and she has that for her for breakfast every morning. And so I tested it out. And one of the really nice things about that is when they'll send you an email and they'll say, hey, in two weeks, we're going to be sending out a shipment and your regular shipment. But click this button if you want to delay it. Mm -hmm. So just making it that convenient, you know, leveraging technology is really helpful. And yeah. I have more brand loyalty to them because of that. Perfect. And then the last one is, you know, never let them run out. So you could certainly do it like HP and... I don't want to say it's sneaky, but there's a technology, you know, that that's driving that. But the other way is, you know, when I when I think about my heating and air conditioning pre people again, just to get back to them, everything with our with my HVAC, my heating and air is on, is through the Wi-Fi and on my app, so I can turn things on, turn things off. A lot of people do that, but because of that, they also have access, and I've given them permission, you know, to have access where they're monitoring things, so they can actually tell if the the filters need to be changed, or if for whatever reason the the pump is not pumping properly, or etc. And and they never let me run out. They never hopefully prevent me from, you know, 
having uh, an air conditioner that's underperforming. So mm-hmm. if you're able to offer them, offer flexibility, offer multiple types of plans, if you're able to allow people to turn it on and turn it off and adjust it when they need it, and then if you can somehow help them so that they never run out of your service or never you know need to break, you know it breaks and then you need to fix it, it creates repeat customers, which are the lifeblood of any business, and it'll also really... Evidence shows that it increases the value when you're ready to exit. So this is something that I think most business owners should at least consider Mm -hmm. and follow these guidelines and maybe how to do it. Absolutely. All right. What else do we need to cover in today's podcast? So I I just think, again, just to get back to if you as a business owner, if you're able to look at your business and identify ways to create recurring revenue, uh, it's going to be more predictable. You're going to have more time, more flexibility. You're going to improve your valuation. Um, sales will likely increase. And there's very simple ways to grab the low-hanging fruit and do it. And then there's also more complicated and more intricate ways that every in every business is all different. But we work with clients to help them build successful exits when they're ready to go. And this is really one of the ways that we consult with clients to help them really um, hopefully maximize their value and hopefully exit to a better to their you know their next passion once they're ready to go all right tim well it is that time in the podcast um where we kind of recap and say you know the, the valuable information that you've got here this is something that you love to teach this is something that you research and you do for the podcast uh, but ultimately it's for your clients and it's it's for the the folks that are listening to this podcast who are even not clients and if there's folks that want to get this information or chat with you about it because you've done a lot more research than you can even cover in this podcast. How do they reach you? So what I would say to the listener is, you know, there's, I think there's times in everyone's lives where, you know, we think we can do stuff, but we're just better off hiring specialists. And you know, nobody gets good at exiting their business because they typically only do it once. Sometimes you might do it twice in your lifetime. And, but we help business owners every day build successful exit plans and recurring revenue is really part of it. So if you're interested in reaching out for help, you could always send me an email at tscannell at hightoweradvisors.com or call my office at 219-531-4941 and schedule a Build Your Exit meeting. Perfect. Build Your Exit meeting. Love it. Tim, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. I appreciate it, Eric, as always. You bet. And thank you to listener. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Wellstream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And this makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And if you've got a friend or family member that is that has a small business or a business that this might be valuable information to help them increase the value of their company, please share it with them. Uh, they'll thank you for sure. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. 
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC.